This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. It is BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, I'm Rich Bradbury and welcome to Open for Business. This is the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. Now, today we'll be speaking about precision mechanical components. Some of you might be going, what in the world is that? It's not something we talk about regularly or something that comes to mind every day. But this industry, however, is a critical segment of modern engineering and manufacturing and plays a vital role in a wide array of sectors. For instance, uh, computer numerical control, CNC machines, these components are integral for achieving the high levels of accuracy and consistency required in automated machining and manufacturing. Similarly, in the medical field, precision linear motion systems are crucial for the smooth operation of diagnostics and therapeutic equipment, where precision can directly impact patient care and outcomes. Today, I'll be speaking with Nibao Industries, uh, a homegrown manufacturer that specializes in the development and production of advanced linear motion systems, including linear guides, modules, bearings, and ball screw supports, components that are essential in ensuring precise efficient and reliable movement and controlling machinery. Uh, now, just to clarify some of those things, I'm going to be speaking with Joe Ingo, the CEO of Nibao Industries. Uh, welcome to the show, Joe In. Hi, hi, guys. Okay, now, uh, we've had a bit of an introduction, and some of that might be accurate, some of that might be a little bit inaccurate. So what I want to check first, before we move any further, tell me a little bit about uh, Nibao Industries and the founding mission behind it and what you guys do. Okay, so I think you have a very good introduction and in fact, a very deep one. But I think it's a little bit different on what we actually do because Niba Industry is a small, medium enterprise that founded from automation industry to now we are actually in the FMCG mm, industry. Okay. So that already changes at its founding. And we started off as the distributors of spare parts in automation, just like what you mentioned, linear mm. guides, sports, Boss groups. That's where we started, and now we're actually producing our own FMCG brands okay. products that is in the market. Give us a couple of uh, options for your SMGs, uh, FMCG stuff that we might already know about or hear mm. of. I think most of you have it when you are a child. So it's basically jellies and puddings. Oh, yeah, it's the nostalgic snacks that everyone's calls for. And then right now we are actually into jelly drinks. Okay. Yeah. Which seem to be on the rise and a lot of people are getting into jelly drinks right now. Yep. You are yeah. right. Okay. What's uh, one of the main ingredients, if I might ask, of the jelly drinks? I think it's jelly and drinks, fruit juice. Uh-huh. I think that's all. What's the jelly made from? Gelatin. Oh, it's gelatin. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's talk a little bit then. Let's go back a little bit. And, um, sure. What kind of... Um, now you're in FMCG stuff. But the other industries that you were primarily in when you're providing spare parts. So let's just go back to that for a little bit first. Okay. Why did you guys choose those particular sectors? I think it's because um, the founding, the founder of the company, it started from my parents. So my dad actually worked for Texas Instruments before. And then when he decided to leave and start his own business, and that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And for my mother, because she used to be a FMCG salesman, Sales girl, okay. And then... Saleswoman, shall we say now. Yeah, yeah. saleswoman. <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted to help my dad to actually sell automation spare part. Mm. That's why initially it's in that industry. And then in the end, I think fate just brought her back towards FMCGs. 
and that's why now we are here we are. Okay. So I'm, I'm guessing when your dad was with Texas Instruments, he would have had an insight into um, some of the pieces that might have been going wrong and some of the pieces that might have been needing replaced and whatever. And so he's like, okay, maybe I can help fix that and solve that issue. Yeah, I think my dad has a very strong passion about it because whenever I heard his story, yeah. it's like whenever things that people can't fix, he will just sit there all night just to fix it. I know people like that. And I, I think that those are the inspirational people that we need to help lift Malaysia, the entrepreneurial mindset. Yep. How did you get involved then? Because the company founded in 2004 and I was four years old back then. Mm-hmm. And then I think I'm not the one. Not a lot one. you can do back in uh, when you were four years old back yeah, then. Yeah, right? I can't do no, anything. N- not a lot right now. But I will just follow them in and out towards their office mm-hmm. and see them grow day by day. Mm. Until today, I'm here where am that I can help them actually contribute it back to the business. Okay. And your your mom and fa- father, what are they doing now? Uh, my father passed. Uh, no, my father is still here. Mm. So I call him the retirement. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably listening it right now. Okay. And my mother just passed away last year. Oh, I'm, to, sorry. To, to, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. No worries. But your father, I'm guessing, then is somebody that you, you would call on for advice and you would speak to and, and get his wisdom so to speak still yeah especially when it comes to experience i think he speaks well mm. but usually that the one that actually brought me up a lot and actually influenced me a lot is actually my mother okay yep what do you think you you learn from your mom then I well, think, when it comes to running your business mm-hmm. i think from her she always would mention this phrase as in you should focus on your lifestyle first like your own self and then before doing business because she believes that your own attitude going to determine how your business is going to work. Mm-hmm. So if you are a detailed person, you're going to look into details of your business. And if you are someone that is very callous and you're going to mislook a lot of things in your business. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I learned the most from her. Yeah. Which, um, wh- what would you say? Are you a details person? Um, I used not to be. Right. And day by day, I become one. Okay. Because she would always scold me or nag me that, how could you be so careless? Mm-hmm. And day by day, especially when she left, I started to realize the importance of details. Because all those mini mistakes you make in business might be a very huge influences onto the consequences in the future. For sure. It yep. have like a, a, a compounding effect, right? Yep. How many people are employed by you guys right now? Currently, we are running at the headcount of 20. Okay. Yep. With, if I'm not wrong, the average age of the company is 31 years old and the youngest to be 21 years old. Right. And now you're CEO, of course. How does it feel to have stepped into that position? Were you nervous about adopting that role to begin with? Um, to be fair, I'm not right now. But if this position would have given me last year when I just stepped in, into business, I will be super nervous about it. Okay. Because I don't think like a CEO... I always call myself the CIO, so Chief Innovation Officer, because I love to change things. I hate boring things. And of course, I don't like traditional things. So when it comes from a traditional business, right, and trying to innovate the business model, which all of the people are talking right now, Mm. sometimes it's hard, especially Mm. in the retail industry. It's even harder Mm. when it has been going on for so long. Yeah. Tell me about some of the the innovations then that, you know, before you became CEO, and I'm guessing you're wearing two hats, right? You probably do have your CIO hat on still when yep. you are CEO. Yeah. What are the, some of the innovations you think that you've brought to the business so far? 
I think was trying to change how the culture in the business is. So it started from my own company. Mm. So when back then my parents was there, of course, um, employees living lifestyle is still part of like our concerns because my mom always told me that you couldn't run a business when you don't have people in it. So you have to know how to take care of people. And when I stepped in, I focused more on development mm. because I was young as well. So I don't want my employee to be clueless about where are they heading to. Even today, they are just using our company as a jump pad. I would allow that because I believe when you develop more good leaders or good people or people that can work, it's going to make the world better. Mm. I mean, and, and that's a very mature way of thinking about things, mm. you know, because we, we see that quite regularly. We have, obviously, we, we hire a lot of interns. Um, and what we see from them is they come in and we, we know that they're going to be leaving us in three months or six months time. But we know that what they bring to us is a freshness and things that we can't see sometimes. Yeah. And we know they're going to leave. And of course, we're disappointed that they have to leave. But we think that genuinely they learn something from us and that when they leave here and they go somewhere else, they're going to be passing on that knowledge to them. Is that how you feel as well? Yes, because I think I learned a lot back then in 2017 yeah. when I was interning with my uh, with Nestle. Okay. And my manager actually told me that I don't want to, you to be another intern that's only fill up the paperwork or database. I want you to learn something. Mm. So like how to do market research because I'm totally not from marketing background. Yeah. Even I do hold a marketing role before. Yeah. But I think that's when I learned that it's important for you to get someone because not just for you to learn and them to learn. So it's like a both thing, mm. mutual benefits, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's take a short break. Sure. Folks, I'm here in the studio with Joanne Go. She's the CEO and I guess CIO of uh, Nibao Industries. We'll be right back after these messages here on uh, Open for Business, the uh, show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Best for money. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Welcome back to BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Rich Bradbury. Of course, I'm here in the studio with Joe Ngo, the CEO of Nibao Industries. Welcome back, Joe uh, Of course, this is Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. Now, we had a bit of a pivot, uh, Joe earlier on. We were talking about you know your precision pieces and then how the company has innovated, pivoted, shifted from those to producing FMCG goods, right? Yep. This is a company that your parents set up, right, yep. a while ago, and they had a vision in mind of what their company wanted to be and what was going to be. Yeah, it's not quite what it they predicted it to be now, though, is it? Things changed ever so slightly. I think because like even the vision statement changed mm. from um, to provide the effective solutions. Yeah. To today, I was like striving to build beyond. Well, striving to build beyond. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. When did this idea to pivot come then? How long? How how long has that been around? To to move from precision engineering pieces to FMCG goods. I think they pivoted it quite early yeah. since um, they founded the company, and a year later they actually pivot. But they kind of like run into both divisions, so the company runs very differently. Yeah. 
they have two different divisions. And today, because of my interest, that I love the snacks. That's why we are still in FMCG. Okay. Yeah. So the effort. Let's talk about the FMCG side of things. Then, what would you say? Are, I mean, you you kind of earlier spoke to me about some of the the jelly drinks that you're producing. Would you say that they are your kind of um, major product right now? Yeah, I would say it was a major project instead mm. of a product because I believe that selling only commodities won't work. Okay. So. That's how my striving beyonds came in. I want this brand to actually be a be a creative output of the whole company. Because if you kind of look into jelly and puddings, right, it's just a normal snacks. Mm. It's just nostalgic. Even you trying to make it sexy, mm. it's not enough. Mm. So I wanted this jelly drink as a brand. Drink me. It becomes a brand that sells more than just products. Mm-hmm. So maybe values that we're trying to offer. Just like I told you earlier, it's really all handled by the Gen Z. So I want Gen Z voice to be out there mm. because Gen Z is so unique, right? You could listen to people saying that they can wrote a resignation letter faster than the assignment being passed through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> right? heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what I want to portray. Okay. Yep. So tell me about the product development of this thing. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you start, you say everything was done by Gen Z, right? Right mm-hmm. from inception all the way through to product design to packaging design what was that process like um because we do have this product back then in 2017 Mm. and right now we kind of rebranded it was a bold move because if you kind of look at the packaging right i dare you to search it right now it is so different for what we have on the rack Mm. because on the packaging itself it shows gen z interest from musics i'm looking at it now yeah to art yeah because when we look at gen z they are kind of like different from other generation in the sense that they would always have their own interests and they always live by themselves like i don't care what other people think i just want to be this way and this is how actually our packaging came out Mm -hmm. and then me myself is also a gen z therefore in terms of like marketing campaigns and upcoming shows it's going to be different Mm. because in the past, we would never sponsor any event, but upcoming, we already sponsored an event called Jumpstart Festival, and it's an EDM concert. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, how, did when you were doing the research for this product, were, were you doing focus groups? Were you inviting Gen Z people over, or was it mainly kind of driven just by your own internal team? It was mainly driven by my own internal team because all my internal team are aged around twenty three. Okay. Yep. And whose suggestion was it to sponsor an EDM festival? Me. It was. <laughs> Even my father was like, "Are you sure?" Like because it's gonna take. First, we never do this before. Yeah. Second, it's because it's gonna takes up a huge investment. Mm. And third, what's the ROI? Mm. Since you are not in that industry before. Mm. And it took me five minutes to convince him before a trip. That we took to China. Okay. So what do you see as the ROI then? I see the ROI from like, instead of like just on numbers, right? I see it to be one of the bold steps that the company actually trying to do differences. Mm. So instead of like being in the past, just selling products into retailers, but we are trying to create something else that actually bring values or even ties to people. Uh, lives, so mm-hmm. we would have better bond with 
our audiences. Okay, I've got one question before we go into the the break for the news, and, and this is uh, it could be a tough question, right? But a lot of stuff that Gen Z are thinking about now is. The, the future of the planet, uh, health, and one thing or another. And this is a, a jelly drink, which, of course, will have added sugars and will have colouring and, and whatever. These are things that I know Gen Z are thinking about right now. When you look forward to maybe your next product development, is that something that you have in mind? That Because Gen Zs can change, as you know, can change their mind very quickly. And one minute they can be backing one product and be 100% behind it, and then the next day they change their mind and they're like, okay, we don't like this anymore. And it disappears. That must be something that you've thought about. Yeah, I did thought about that's why instead of just focusing on product development, I focus on how can we create value as a brand? Mm. So what value can we bring into Gen Z? So what are the topics that Gen Z is talking about? What do they care for? Because changing a product is not that fast as compared to changing their mind. Right. Their mind changed so fast. Yeah. So it's about how we could actually provide values to people. Mm -hmm. So instead of just from products, maybe emotional supports, for example, mental health has been a big concern. Instead of like just healthy, being healthy in terms of like added sugars, but also can we provide something that is emotional contact? And will you be doing that somehow? Yeah, we are trying to do that. Okay, how? That's a very good question because we don't really have a way because if you look at the past, even back in marketing case studies, there isn't a real way to do that. But in the sense that maybe we could start from just content development. So okay. what content can we bring forward to people? And from there, we could kind of find some ties and to see what are the flagship projects they're looking into that we could contribute every year. Okay. On that note, let's take a short break. We'll be right back after the news, of course. I'm speaking with Joe Ingo, the CEO of Nibao Industries, on how the company established itself in a niche industry, pivoted, have some other stuff coming out, and now into FMCG goods as well. Don't go anywhere, because this is Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. Keep it here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Boosting female ministers. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Welcome back to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. Of course, this is the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. I'm Rich Bradbury. It is 10.38 here in the studio, and I'm here with Joe Ingo, the CEO of Nibao Industries. Uh, Joe, let's have a little bit of a chat about some of the other things I wanted to bring up. Um, I, I guess the one thing that is interesting to me is some of the um, challenges that you may have faced when you're... Um, looking at a market that it, there's a lot of stuff in the FMCG market, particularly when it comes to drinks like the ones that you're focusing on right now. How do you ensure that your product stands out from the rest of them that are already on the shelves? To be honest, to stand out from the rack is not easy. Not just on, I believe it's not just on your packaging, on mm. your product R&D, because right now people actually want beyond that. They want experiences. They want 
things that people are actually talking about. Mm. So actually how you stand out, you have to cut in to experiences. What kind of experience that you want to offer for people or what kind of experience that your brands wanted to portray. I think that's more important than just standing out from the shelf itself, from the retailers itself. Mm. So does that include the way in which you're marketing your products as well then? So you're, you're saying... Your, it's not just a product, but it's a kind of almost like a lifestyle brand? Yeah, I would call it that right. way. Okay, and how? what kind of marketing techniques are you using? I'm guessing it'll be social media is, is something that you're putting. TikTok is probably something you're using a lot of. Instagram is that kind of Are you speaking to uh, influencers, micro-influencers and that kind of thing? We did try because as an SME, uh, if you know, we have very limited budgets on mm. marketing span. And so we will try it that way. But sometimes I feel like it's maybe more about me should coming out and actually speak out the story behind it and actually make people feel inspired about it. Mm. That might be a more cost-effective way. Because back then, right, they are so sales-oriented. And even when I was in, I wanted to spend on a little bit on marketing. For example, 1 to 2K, that's not much. That's like the minimal you could have. And they would be like, what's the ROI? Mm. Can you instantly give me sales? Mm. I have to understand, uh, answer all that questions towards my mom. And right now when I was in the C-suit and then I realized, oh, I guess I know what she's looking at. Mm. So marketing doesn't have guaranteed return, but it's always how you try to get it from the free avenue. Yeah. Because not every marketing spends. So it depends on how you actually trying to offer benefits to people and at the same time it could benefit yourself oftentimes hiring a good pr company is uh, is helpful right yeah all right now um because they what they will try and do and we know this and you know is to get your product out to as many kind of outlets as possible um hoping that those outlets will go okay yes we like this story let's talk about it right so what what would you say when when you go to speak to these outlets right if i was to ask you your elevator pitch about your product, what would you say to you? It's a lifestyle brand, right? Tell me what it is. Give me your, your elevator pitch. Wow, that's a very interesting question because um, we have been in the market for like 20 years this mm. year. So actually, we are in most of the markets. But when it comes to some retailer, I find it more difficult to speak to someone that is so experienced because they would always look at the margin, the cost. Mm which is the fundamental of the business. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like you should give um, young people some chance. Do you feel as though you're not given the same chance as people who are a little bit more experienced? Yep. You do? Yep, because yeah. I am only 24 years old this year. Mm. So sometimes when I speak to them, I kind of get mm, feel like a little bit disrespect because they would be like, Hey, girl, you are young. Listen right. to me. This is how business should work. Yeah. Which I'm not wrong. I would listen. But at the same time, I feel like when you want innovations around the market, you need some freshness. And why you should take Drink Me is because we don't just promote in one places. But at the same time, we are trying to do it um, differently and try to collab with different places that we could go. Mm. I guess my, my final question for you then, it, it, it's kind of two questions in one. How profitable are you right now? And where do you see uh, Drink Me being and your, this product being in, in a year's time? Or where would you hope it is in a year's time? Okay. 
I am very ambitious. So in a year time, I hope at least in where we are born, Kajang, you mm. could see Dream Me everywhere. Mm. And how profitable we are. To be fair, FMCG has a very low margin as compared to any industry you could found. And with heavily spent on advertising, we are fairly making profit. Mm. Yep. Fairly making profit. You can't give me a number? A ballpark figure? Hmm. Let me think about it. Maybe around 10%. Okay. Yep. All right. Right. Okay, Joanne, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much. All right. Folks, I've been here in the studio with Joanne Go. She is the CEO of Nibao Industries. Uh, we spoke about how the company established itself, a little bit of a pivot. Uh, of course, you have been listening to Open for Business. It is the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders, whether they have just started out or if they're established or not. My name is Rich Bradbury, of course. This has been Open for Business right here on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.